Welcome to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast, where we try to cut through the noise and help you make sense of the chaotic information space around us. I'm Griff Somke. And I'm Jay McKenzie. RFK Jr.'s presidential bid kicks off. The DeSantis campaign isn't quite ready for primetime. Trump amplifies the QAnon influencers. And we'll have an update on what the arrest of Jack Teixeira may have prevented. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a rating and a review on the app that you're listening on. Be sure to subscribe at didnothingwrongpod.com to get our content straight into your inbox. All of our work is free, but we're extremely grateful for paid subscriptions and donations that ensure that we can keep doing this important work. Thank you. Well, Griff, it seems like RFK Jr. is running as a Repu- sorry, he's he's running as a as a Democrat and is polling at nearly twenty percent in some early polls against Joe Biden. No way! Wow, who could have imagined that this was possible? Is RFK Jr. the new Bernie? Is he going to give the incumbent Democratic president, Joe Biden, much the same way his late uncle and former Senator Ted Kennedy did to an unpopular Jimmy Carter in nineteen eighty? Is he the next Ross Perot, whose fierce third-party candidacy led to the defeat of incumbent Republican President George H.W. Bush in 1992? And is he following in the footsteps of his own father, Robert Kennedy Sr., who played no small part in forcing Lyndon Johnson to not run for re-election in 1968? All kinds of history on this one. The potential for future Oliver Stone movies here is just endless. Off the charts, man. As long as you have enough rubles to fund those, that is. Which, (laughs) who who does anymore? Uh Who does? (laughs) Uh. I'm proud of you for saying most of this with a straight face. I did my Um, best, man. (laughs) (laughs) I was... Thinking of the ways to approach this as I was hate listening to Tim Pool's podcast this morning. Bless you. Bless you. Uh, (laughs) uh, And I decided to look on Apple podcast and did a search for RFK Jr. Just to see who was saying what about him. And a few things stuck out. Uh, first, he has his own podcast, which I do not recommend, but it, exi- <laughs> it exists. His most recent guest is a man who is twice convicted of sex crimes against a minor, and he is now a prolific pro-Kremlin propagandist, Mr. Scott Ritter. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go figure. Look, RFK Jr. is really trying not to highlight the fact that he's an anti-vaxxer but if you look through the recent guests on his show it's a host of people who are rather prolific in that movement it's alex berenson robert malone peter mccullough a bunch more people i haven't heard of but there's a lot of discussions about vaccines so Mm. i don't think we need to guess where those go and the man wrote an entire book bashing anthony fauci he is also had a recent guest on to talk about how terrible anthony fauci is which is it's still a prime political talking point for republicans in the house at the moment which still still kind of baffling that it's it's where we're at and even even this past weekend abc had rfk jr on because he's running for president and apparently or allegedly some amount of the show was edited out and 
I, and who's mad about it? Who's complaining about it? It's the right. It's the Elon Musk fanboys who are obsessed with free speech. And they just think that RFK Jr. is just being hard done by by the establishment here. So, yeah, it's this is a guy who is reportedly Steve Bannon's pick to run as a Democrat. And he loves to have him on his show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the Democrats could do so well by letting Steve Bannon pick their candidate. I mean, why? I see no problem here. What's what's the big issue with that? Shouldn't Steve Bannon get a say in all of this as well? Yeah, Steve Bannon would love it if it is RFK Jr. against Donald Trump because the only thing that's guaranteed from that is is burning it all down and mass chaos, and he is here for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is here for the Leninist ideals of destroying the state, and there's no better way to do that than to have people on both ends of the spectrum Pushing out garbage. So, yeah, when you start to look at who's saying nice things about Kennedy, who's defending him, who's promoting him, talking up his movement, it there's some fringe voices on the left or the post left like Jimmy Dore. But it's primarily the right that just won't stop talking about him and elevating him. It's Steve Deese from The Blaze. It's Scott Adams. It's Charlie Kirk, it's Tim Pool, Steve Bannon, Bill O'Reilly, the post-millennial, <laughs> even the Gateway Pundit. The Gateway Pundit, huh? That's the same outlet that told us that Antifa super soldiers were going to start a civil war back in 2017, <laughs> if there was ever a tell. Yeah, no kidding. Aaron Blake over at the Washington Post published a good summary of what's really going on here, and I think we should read a bit from that. So Blake writes... The good news for President Biden's just-launched 2024 re-election bid is that, for now, it doesn't appear as though it will include a serious primary challenger. The bad news is that he's ceding a significant and potentially embarrassing chunk of voters to an anti-vaccine activist. Multiple recent polls show Robert F. Kennedy Jr. pulling a double-digit support in the primary, including a Fox News survey Wednesday that showed him at 19%. The network has frequently covered Kennedy's campaign and interviewed him more than once over the past week or so. As certain Republicans have made clear, they see utility in elevating Kennedy to undercut Biden. How much might the candidacy actually undercut Biden? It's probably worth not overselling the early polls for a few reasons. The National Review this week published an article suggesting that such a double-digit performance from Kennedy could prove costly for Biden. No incumbent president in the last 50 years has ceded that much of the vote to a primary challenger and won re-election, it noted. Now that's technically true, but it ignores a whole lot of nuance. The first point is that we're talking about a small sample size. There have been only three such instances all more than 30 years ago. Ronald Reagan's 1976 challenge to Gerald Ford, Ted Kennedy's 1980 challenge to Jimmy Carter, and Pat Buchanan's 1992 challenge to George H.W. Bush. But each of those primary challenges was also more significant than even the early polls suggest that Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s is. Reagan took nearly half of all primary votes in 1976. Ted Kennedy took more than one-third, and Buchanan won a surprising 37% of the vote in the 1992 New Hampshire primary and about one-quarter overall. In the first two cases in particular, there was genuine concern about the incumbent losing the nomination, not just losing a somewhat embarrassing number of votes. 
The next point is that, in case you hadn't noticed, one of those previous primary challengers shared a last name with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. The latest Kennedy is Ted's and John F. Kennedy's nephew and Senator Robert F. Kennedy's son. There's plenty of reason to believe his early poll standing is significantly inflated by his famous name. A few weeks ago, another poll on Kennedy caught my eye. It was from YouGov, and it tested his image alongside a dozen other political figures. Of the 13 tested, including Biden, Trump, and congressional leaders, who was the most popular? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. (laughs) Nearly (laughs) half of Americans had a favorable view of him at 48% compared to just 28% unfavorable. Is this because Kennedy is actually popular? Of course not. It's doubtful many people really know all that much about him. But there is probably no name in American politics that is more golden, particularly among left-leaning Americans. A Gallup poll last decade found more Americans thought John F. Kennedy was a good president, 74%, than any other modern president. When you layer on top of that the fact that half of Democrats don't even want Biden to run, it shouldn't be too surprising that a fair number of people who haven't really considered the 2024 race might go for a name they know. We should all be skeptical that this will hold, particularly given Kennedy is best known for his dubiously founded vaccine skepticism and that Democrats are increasingly the party of vaccines. That doesn't mean losing voters to such a fringe figure isn't a headache for Biden, And perhaps some voters might like Kennedy's environmental activism, but the idea that Kennedy will approach even a Buchanan level of support seems unlikely, the early polls notwithstanding. More likely, it seems, is that this might be a situation akin to 1996. Then, as today, many Democrats didn't want Bill Clinton to run again. And fringe figure Lyndon LaRoche managed to pull double digits in some primary states. A Chicago woman who reportedly believed God told her to spend a $120,000 disability settlement to run for president, took 11% in Oklahoma. Clinton went on to win re-election easily, despite this. <laughs> Lyndon LaRoche, the pro-Soviet and pro-Russian fringe figure who famously ran for president from jail, makes an appearance. The idea that he could have beat Bill Clinton in 1996 looks absolutely batshit today. And I think anyone paying attention at the time would have probably said the same thing about it. I certainly did. Did anyone who knew who Lyndon LaRoche was at the time actually think he'd win the Democratic nomination over the incumbent Bill Clinton, the big dog? Come on. And I think that speaks to a lot of what we're dealing with here. People know the Kennedy name, but they don't really know much about RFK Jr. So maybe there's some of that Kennedy luster hanging over him. But once people start to realize who this guy is and what he stands for. Yeah, that support's going to melt right away really fast. And I think before it does, the right wing is going to try and astroturf his supposed support as much as possible, force him into the conversation every way they can. Then when he crashes and burns, they'll say that the establishment was always after him. They won't allow an outsider to win because they're afraid of him. The deep state is so corrupt, they even go after Kennedys if they speak out of line. So corrupt, unfair, and fake news once again destroys an innocent man. This is why we must elect Donald Trump in 2024, because only he knows how to handle these people. It's all about winning the information war, folks. RFK Jr. isn't supposed to win. The left rejects too many of his values for him to win. He's running a Republican rat fucking operation, and 
we'd expect nothing less from a guy who's friends with Roger Stone and Steve Bannon. Well, another 2024 campaign-ish news, Ron DeSantis is still not running for president. Or, well, he's not running yet, but he's probably running soon, we think. Griff, I gotta gotta level with you here. I, I'm not really sure he has time to run for president anymore with what's going on with his feud with Disney. Ooh. That seems, yeah, it seems to be taking up a, an increasing amount of the man's time. And now there's a pending lawsuit he has to face down from the Disney Corp. Ooh, that's not something you want. Disney is notoriously good at those. And Thoro, you try selling a piece of merchandise with trademark Disney material and see how long it takes to get a cease and desist order sent to you. Good luck using any of their music or video content either. These people do not fuck around. They have enough money to hire the best lawyers in the country and plenty of them. Even Trump took a shot at DeSantis over this and told him he should just let the whole thing go, which it's Trump. Of course he took a shot at Ron. Shocker. And yeah, shocker. Let's let's get in one more chance to remind people of how not well this this Disney thing is going. But even Trump kind of had a point here. There's there's no winning this. There's it's a no-win situation all the way around. If DeSantis he if he gives up, well then he's too weak to beat a cartoon mouse. <laughs> but if he keeps going, uh, how, yeah. He might just be prolonging his own humiliation at this point. I mean, even 80-year-old Joe Biden roasted DeSantis over this at the White House Correspondents' Dinner recently. At Ron DeSantis, I had a lot of Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis jokes ready. But Mickey Mouse beat the hell out of me and got there first. <laughs> In any case, the consensus remains that Ron is going to run eventually, and at this point, he may feel like he has no choice. He's still polling in the 20s in the GOP primary polls, and while he's still sort of a hot ticket item amongst certain factions of the GOP at the moment, 2028 is a very long time away. The smart play may be to move out of Trump's way and wait four years, but there's also the possibility that in four years' time, DeSantis is old news and the party has moved on. Who knows? We have to assume he's weighing those two scenarios, plus Trump's recent indictment and ongoing investigations and trying to decide which way he's going to roll the dice. Yeah, I do think DeSantis is a hot ticket item, item among some, but I think I think what we're talking about here are like the 20-somethings who, essentially what I'm picturing is Tucker Carlson at about 24, <laughs> uh, the, the bow tie wearing Republican douchebag crowd uh -huh. is, is definitely still excited about Ron DeSantis, but how many of them actually exist and how many of them, well, they don't even have women that they can marry and force to vote in line with them because uh, you got to wonder how many of them are incels and they, yeah. uh, they don't sign up for that kind of thing. <laughs> not to pick on these people, but these people are nerds, folks. These are not the policy movers and shakers. These are not the people who set the agenda for the GOP. They're just, there isn't that much of a draw for Ron it, DeSantis right now. And it seems to just be narrowing further and further. And I can't remember the last time DeSantis helped himself. I'll put it that way. I can mm -hmm. remember several instances where he made it worse or he looked ridiculous. But is he actually up for this? I I have a lot of questions. So yeah. is it impossible that he becomes a nominee? Of course not. Anything can happen 
we do really struggle to see how at this point. Mm -hmm. But hey, think about 2015 and how ridiculous the idea of Trump winning even the primary was at that point. So things happen. Life can be unpredictable. Maybe on the 18th indictment of Trump, he starts to lose some no, he's not going to lose support over that. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. <laughs> there's just, there's nothing I, he can do to lose support amongst that base. It's not going to happen. They, they, at this point, view him as something akin to the second coming. And this is all just the same kind of persecution, same thing they did to Jesus. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, you, you beat me to that one. Yeah. He's, he's on the cross and mm -hmm. taking all of the heat from the deep state. So his, followers and supporters don't have to exactly they're not after me they're after you i'm just in the yeah. way yeah so maybe maybe at the last minute ron doesn't run or maybe he does anyone's a nomination anything is possible but i i did read a great piece from hugo lowell at the guardian and i want to read from that now he wrote Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, is quietly assembling a senior staff for an expected 2024 presidential campaign that will be headed by his top political advisor, Janera Peck, and around seven other Republican operatives serving as top advisors, according to two people familiar with the matter. The leadership roster remains subject to change since the campaign, which could launch as soon as the start of next month, meaning May, does not yet technically exist, and most salaries are being paid for the moment through the state Republican Party. But some of the senior staff have started to move in recent weeks to the campaign's base in Tallahassee, the people said, as DeSantis prepares to announce his presidential ambitions as perhaps the closest challenger to Donald Trump for the 2024 Republican nomination. The leadership roster, as described to The Guardian, shows an initial team of advisors drawn from people who have previously worked for the governor, either from his time in Congress or his re-election campaign last year, as well as relative newcomers to his circle. Yet, the lack of presidential campaign experience amongst the senior staff and the wisdom of recruiting a team that appears conventional in nature to take on an unconventional candidate like Trump has emerged as an early concern among some of the governor's allies. Moving away from the article here, I can't help but feel like these people are scared as hell. There's a recent DeSantis Super PAC campaign ad and some commentary from Al Franken on CNN, which I think speaks to this. A new campaign ad out today from a super PAC that wants Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to run for president. It made its national debut this morning. Let's take a look. Donald Trump is being attacked by a Democrat prosecutor in New York. So why is he spending millions attacking the Republican governor of Florida? Trump's stealing pages from the Biden-Pelosi playbook, repeating lies about Social Security. Trump should fight Democrats, not lie about Governor DeSantis. What happened to Donald Trump? Joining us to talk about this, Al Franken, former U.S. Senator, and Scott Jennings, senior political commentator and former special assistant to President George W. Bush. Uh, Al, it was only a matter of time before these two uh, started going after each other, and, and they seem to be doing that uh, quite a bit now. Uh, any thoughts on who comes out on top? Well, uh, right now, because of uh, the indictment, a lot of, uh, especially MAGA Republicans, but a lot of Republicans have come, you know, to support uh, President Trump and DeSantis has gone down. Uh, that's on the, the first indictment. I don't know if that'll be the same on the fourth indictment. Uh, 
the thing about this ad I notice is it's kind of defensive. It's not him talking about anything he wants to do. It's about uh, Social Security. And, of course, Republicans have been all over the place on cutting this. Rick Scott, when he headed this uh, Republican Senate campaign committee in the last cycle, said they were going to make cuts in Social Security and Medicare. Uh, Scalise and uh, McCarthy have both talked about that. Then they've kind of reversed themselves, and you had that moment in the State of the Union speech where President Biden called them on it, and they said, you lie, and of course he wasn't lying. And uh, so uh, this is, seems to be a very defensive start to uh, the DeSantis campaign. Yeah, this is something that, that Rick Wilson talked about with us, and I know he and the people over at the Lincoln Project have mentioned repeatedly, is this idea of running a state race, it just does not compare to a national race. There is nothing that can really prepare you for a presidential campaign. And DeSantis is surrounding himself with people who are loyal and are close to him and understand what his strengths and weaknesses are. And they're on the same page. But collectively, there's not really much, if any, national experience here. And I just, I don't see how that ends well. When he's already having all these fumbles and these issues, how does that get better? Yeah, it's a great question. And somehow, just say in the most blue sky scenario for DeSantis, that he somehow pulls this thing out and wins the nomination. Is there any scenario that you can possibly think of in which Trump is not screaming his head off about how this was a steal? Like, is there yeah. anything? No, there isn't. And what happens then? Even if Trump can pull 10%, which by God, he can pull more than 10%, mm -hmm. but even, fi even 5% may be enough to cost DeSantis a win against Biden. Yeah. Uh, so if Trump is out there again, he doesn't even have to campaign. He has to tweet or truth from the toilet mm -hmm. and maintain a pulse. Those are the only things he has to do to ruin Ron's campaign. And for everyone who says that he can't possibly run as a third party, they've got laws about this. He doesn't need to. All he has to do is convince X number of percentage of his voters to stay home. And I think he can very easily do that. Because the whole, what's the difference between these two candidates is going to come up. Watch. He'll, he'll run Don Jr. He'll tell people to write his name in. He'll tell people to write in Q. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're telling me that you don't think 5% would write in Q if Trump told them to? Absolutely, they would. Yeah. They'll trust yeah. the plan. They absolutely will trust the plan. The storm is coming. Indeed. And the storm will swallow Ron Holt. Mm -hmm. So... The Guardian article did go on to mention the likely members of the DeSantis presidential campaign and their positions. I think Christina Pushaw is probably the only one most people have heard of, not for good reasons, but because she's talked about quite a bit and seems to revel in that. Mm -hmm. But she's expected to be a senior advisor. There was one additional quote in there I want to include where Lowell wrote, this week, DeSantis made a special trip to Washington to meet with Republican members of Congress, only for them to mostly turn around and endorse Trump. 
The only endorsement for DeSantis came from Laurel Lee, who served in his administration. Please clap. (laughs) Seriously, this guy, like, he goes and he glad hands people and he does the, like, media tour and the, like, beauty contest thing and no one seems to like him very much. Well, who was the the one guy who said he had a nice, productive uh, meeting with DeSantis, but he is declaring his... Right. And this is, like, this (laughs) stuff he keeps running into. It's like, maybe... God's trying to tell you something here, Ron. Yeah, you see that where I had a nice productive conversation with a guy that I'm not endorsing. I'm actually endorsing his opponent. And you hear all these anecdotal stories about Trump calling people and that personal touch. You can't say Trump isn't good at PR. Oh, no. reason the Trump brand is what it is. And he knows how to get people on his side. Mm-hmm. And if the former president calls you and you're some no-name congressman from some rural area that is completely forgettable and trump takes time out of his day to call you that means something to these people and it means something for their wallets mm-hmm. for their campaigns for the re-elections whatever it is and trump is good at that he is and desantis seems to have the personality of a stump and it also means that if he took time out of the day to call you and ask you for an endorsement He might take time out of the day to remember you exist if you don't do it and endorse your opponent in your primary campaign, which you also don't want. So the fact that you're on the guy's radar to some extent ain't great when you're one of these people. He can make you or break you in some of these small districts. And yeah, and it seems like DeSantis is going to declare as soon as this week. So maybe by June at the latest. The donors are getting restless. DeSantis is only doubling down on the culture war. He's slipping in the polls and can't get people to endorse him even when he sits down and glad hands them. Who knows? Maybe he can turn it around. We'll see. We'll see. We're not saying it's impossible. We're just asking you how. Yeah. And maybe he'll declare just so they stop writing these articles about the about his unlikability, his unfavorability, the chaos in the campaign. A lot of this stuff is palace intrigue. Yeah. But we are eventually, once you start to see enough of it, it gets harder and harder to dismiss as just rumors and political intrigue that your opponents have kind of ginned up out of nothing. Eventually, People start to believe it, and it's getting harder to dismiss any of this. Right. And, you know, where there's smoke, at some point, there's going to be fire. Yeah. Well, moving on, there is a report out from Media Matters, and it's not great. No, it is not great, folks. The article is written by Alex Kaplan, and he had this to say. Former President Donald Trump amplified QAnon-promoting accounts nearly 500 times during his first year of actively posting on his social media platform, Truth Social, according to a Media Matters review. During his presidency from 2017 to 2021, Trump repeatedly amplified Twitter accounts promoting the QAnon conspiracy theory, a movement which began in October 2017. By the time Trump's Twitter account was suspended in the final days of his presidency, he had amplified QAnon-promoting accounts on the platform more than 300 times. During that time, Trump also praised the QAnon community multiple times. Months after Trump left office and after QAnon show hosts known online as In the Matrix and Shady Groove received press credentials for a Trump rally. 
Politico reported that associates of Trump would try to, quote, weed out any QAnon influences, both adherents and postings, getting close to him, unquote, and would work to distance the MAGA movement more broadly from the conspiracy theory movement. But Trump's first year of actively posting on Truth Social, which began in late April 2022, suggests that the attempt to distance Trump from QAnon, if it actually happened, was not successful. Mm. Media matter. <laughs> if it actually if it, disclaimer, uh, we have to put there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Distance him from QAnon. Sure. Media matters has tracked Trump's amplifications of QAnon promoting accounts, which have explicitly promoted the conspiracy theory, including its slogan Q post or related imagery on his social media platform in almost real time. Between April 28, 2022, and the same day in 2023, Trump amplified QAnon promoting accounts on Truth Social at least 471 times, including (laughs) explicit QAnon content. No dog whistling. Uh -uh. No, maybe he just wasn't paying attention. No, it's, it's real. It's like right there in the name. It's right there in the post. And retruth. Patriots are in control, man. (laughs) oh you know and you just can't with him you can't go with the well he doesn't even control his own his own social media account (laughs) maybe on other platforms but Mm. my god (laughs) that man took that phone wherever he went (laughs) do you do you think he ever even logged on on a desktop like has he ever gotten on twitter or truth social and not been on his phone hell no that man is a poster. <laughs> that man is a poster. Say what you want about him, but he is a poster. Uh, yeah. So from there, the article went on to show some of the QAnon related material Trump has promoted. I don't think it's really helpful to go through them one by one. It's kind of remarkable. We've been following this since 2017. The memes haven't changed that much. The the I think the overall quote unquote quality is probably a little better. They look generally less Facebook boomer memey right. than they, they did early on. But maybe that's just AI taking I don't know. It <laughs> mid journey making QAnon <laughs> memes, probably so, yeah. Well they yeah, they won't let you uh post any criticism of uh, Chinese leader Xi Jinping, but weird. I kind of think they'll probably still uh, allow some QAnon content. We should we should weird. look into that. That's a real weird one. Yeah, we should. Well, it's it is uh I believe it's related to Microsoft and you don't want to lose those contracts. No. Uh, so as the NBA well knows, world's largest market. Don't want to get wrong side of them. Yeah. Or well, the NBA or Elon Musk. It's not <laughs> ideologically one way or the other. It's money, and China has it. Just business, man. Just business. That's right. But I, I think the general sense of what we're dealing with here is is the same. It's as as it has always been with Q content. Think for yourself. Do your own research. Don't trust the media. Don't trust the government, even if Trump's running it, because there's undoubtedly some guy in there who hates Trump and is trying to destroy him. Only. Donald J. Trump can save us. Only MAGA can round up all the pedophiles. Trump is the bravest, strongest alpha male in human history with six-pack abs. And the storm is coming. The storm is always coming, though. It's always on the way. We're never more than a few hours away. 
or maybe days or weeks from Jeff Sessions or John Durham or Ezra Cohen Watnick or whoever else from rounding up all of America's domestic enemies, real and imagined, and sending them off to Gitmo. Yeah, the meteor, the asteroid is is just uh, on it, almost here. It's going to destroy us all. Give me all your money. And uh, yeah, if today doesn't work out, well, then maybe it'll be here Thursday. Um, that's 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 the story. What we're that's our story, and we're sticking to it. If you think the um, well, if you think QAnon is is uh, affected by fact checks or <laughs> or failed prophecies, uh, you are following the wrong movement, or you entirely misunderstand what's going on here. I think peak popularity probably dropped after enough people saw, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100 predictions not come true. But there are people who are still in it and they are still convinced. And Trump is gleefully amplifying this QAnon related material like it's nothing on his own platform, mm -hmm. Truth Social. And, and that's really what I think Truth Social itself has turned into the real hard right, the most dangerous and most dangerous and racist individuals on the far right. First, they went to Gab and then it was Telegram. Now Gab has kind of leaned harder into Christian nationalism. It's still a place for extremists, but it has kind of become its own niche far right community. But Telegram has the least rules on content moderation. So that's the current go-to spot for the hard right at the moment. And Truth Social is where you go if you're a MAGA diehard. And if you post QAnon content that you hope the former president will re-truth someday, that's where you want to be because that's what they do there. Even the big wigs over there like Cash Patel and Devin Nunez have at least paid lip service to QAnon in ways that they know the Q community will understand. So it's not great. QAnon has been labeled a domestic terrorist threat by the FBI in the name of the, quote, Q movement, unquote. There have been murders. There have been terror plots. There have been children kidnapped. This is a kind of brain rot that reasonable people should stay the hell away from. If only. Yeah. But Donald Trump knows that these people vote. And when they do, they vote for him. So that's enough. That's always been enough. And he's going to keep encouraging them as often as he thinks it will benefit him. But it would be much, much, much better for this country if he did this as the former president and not as the president for four more years of this. Yeah. Yeah. Real talk time. It, yeah. We can't prevent all harm. We no. can't prevent him from posting and we can't shut down truth social, but we can measure the levels of concern. <laughs> and <laughs> Yes. We're trying to prevent as much harm as possible here. And again, Trump as president doing this with absolute, I, it, it's just remarkable to think if we had four more years of Trump, if we looked back and we're like, yeah, that first term, Man, <laughs> all those guardrails we had in that first term, all those roadblocks and impediments and all the ways that he contained his worst impulses. But that's what it would be. Did you really think that dark MAGA stuff was a meme? <laughs> <laughs> and seriously, the presidential megaphone giving air to the QAnon movement for four years is, in fact, going to lead to unnecessary and tragic harm. And as Media Matters article summarized it, 
Trump's activity comes as the former president has associated and appealed to the QAnon community in other ways, being photographed with multiple QAnon figures, including in The Matrix, and using a song associated with QAnon on his social media and at multiple rallies. Cash Patel, a former Trump administration official and Truth Social board member, also claimed that Trump has been, quote, blown away, unquote, by the, quote, acumen, unquote, of some QAnon supporters. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> Others in Trump's orbit have also associated with the QAnon community, including Truth Social's leadership, who have actively courted QAnon supporters to the platform, with Patel openly saying that, quote, we try to incorporate, unquote, QAnon, quote, into our overall messaging scheme to capture audiences. Scheme. Scheme. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. Right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just baked in. Mm -hmm. They they tell you. You got to give them that. They're very honest about what we got going up here. And I think it's totally fair to talk about his use of these people and his exploitation of these people as a comment on whether he's fit to do the job. And that's what we're doing around here. Yeah. And I think it's, it's worth just imagining mm -hmm. what four years of this from the president is going to do to our already fragile Republic. Indeed. I don't, I don't want it. No, no, thank you. Pass. And finally, the government released a filing in the airman Jack to share a case. According to court documents, in March 2018, while he was still in high school, Teixeira, quote, was suspended when a classmate overheard him make remarks about weapons, including Molotov cocktails, guns at the school, and racial threats, unquote. That same year, Teixeira had applied for a firearms permit. His application was denied due to the concerns of the local police department over the defendant's remarks at his high school. And yet, none of this was an issue for his security clearance, for some reason. For some reason. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. It's, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, well, how desperate are they for people to sign up? That's, uh, that, that is a question that you gotta, yeah. you gotta contemplate here. Yeah. It's not good. No. According to the BBC, Jack Teixeira wrote on social media that he wanted to kill, quote, a ton of people as a way of calling the weak minded, according to a court filing. The 18-page document also claimed the 21-year-old kept a bazooka and other weapons close to his bed. A bazooka. A bazooka. As all normal. As all, as all, as one does. I mean, a bazooka. I, I, I don't we all have a, a bazooka? bazooka? I'm not even going to judge. For, for wow. home protection? For, I, I, I don't know. Are you, is there a, is you somebody going to break into your house and you're going to use a bazooka protection. on them? <laughs> Nothing stops an attacker like a bazooka. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Guaranteed to kill you and mm -hmm. one animal and or family member. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. He had a sign in the window that said this house is protected by bazooka. <laughs> Just... mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm pretty sure actually, is this why Democrats want to get rid of gas stoves yes. so that we too can use bazookas <laughs> for home protection? <laughs> Fuck around and find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah griff nobody could have predicted this except for well us and people like <laughs> josh marshall over at talking points memo who 
explicitly did predict this and it seems like he was correct i'm i'm feeling pretty good about our assessment as well uh-huh hell the cops in his hometown predicted it and that's why they wouldn't give him a gun permit i mean the red flags could not have been bigger in this particular case sorry mm-hmm. the article continues according to prosecutors uh, Tashera posted repeatedly about troubling violent acts, including a potential mass shooting. He allegedly described building a, quote, assassination van and driving around shooting people in a crowded urban or suburban environment. He also allegedly searched for multiple recent mass shootings on his government computer, including Uvalde and the Las Vegas shooting. And this this is why you do not amplify the manifestos of mass shooters, because they want to be seen and read. Ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. And guys like this will pick it up and run with it. Because it really seems like this guy was going to do some kind of terror attack. You look at it, all the pieces were there. Yeah, and I do kind of wonder if someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene will disavow their previous support for... <laughs> Jake, Jake Teixeira. <laughs> She's a big fan of Jake Teixeira, but not Rob DeSantis. Uh, right. <laughs> she's probably going to say she's never heard of Jack Teixeira. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So remember, she said after Teixeira's arrest that Teixeira is a white male Christian and anti-war. That makes him an enemy to the Biden regime. And he told the truth about troops being on the ground in Ukraine and a lot more. That's what she <laughs> wrote in a tweet. And another, she said that many are calling Jake Teixeira a hero. <laughs> many are calling Jake Teixeira a hero for pulling back the flimsy, transparent curtain and revealing what we suspected all along. <laughs> well, according to Business Insider, when they tried to ask a spokesperson for Green whether she's aware of the reports indicating Teixeira made anti-Semitic remarks and reportedly did not intend for these documents to reach anyone beyond the gamers in his Discord group, they got the following response. Quote, you seem to be putting words in Congresswoman Green's mouth, unquote. Green's spokesperson Nick Dyer said in response, quote, shame on you. You aren't a journalist. You're a Democrat activist working as a Biden administration propagandist, unquote, he added. I mean, this is just so blatant the way they handle it when they get called out on this stuff. I mean, there's a psychology term, DARVO, which is an acronym that stands for deny, attack, and reverse victim and offender. And I think you just heard a pretty clear example of it right there. Yeah. And you know what else it sounds like? It sounds kind of like admit nothing, deny everything and launch counterattack for some reason. Who, who, who is it that says that? Some guy named Roger Stone. Mm. Weird. It's a very standard tactic they use and it's why they keep doing it because it's really hard to stop if one side is constantly making assertions and then responding like that when they get called out. Yeah, and it's funny how this works because if you look at Roger Stone's tactics, there is also a long history of the KGB and other Russian mm -hmm. intelligence organs doing the same sort of thing. And it's funny how often we go back to the Czechist and the, the Russian intelligence mm -hmm. modus operandi and that undercuts a lot of the MAGA movement here, of which MTG yes. is very much a part. She's still angling for that VP job. 
But uh, yeah, as Asha Rangappa said on this program recently, the way to beat this is to change the narrative by putting some sunlight on what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're here for. One day at a time. Thanks for listening to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast. If you want to hear more, you can go to didnothingwrongpod.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at James, the word four, and the letter M, all one word, and Grizza, B-J-J, G-R-Z-A, B-J-J, as well as D-N-W pod. Thanks again for tuning in, and remember, everyone mentioned did nothing wrong.